0: grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is today's gospel, and I read again verse 18. I also tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Heavenly Father, sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, our Lord asked his disciples, but you, who do you say that I am at a watershed moment in his ministry? From this point on, he spoke clearly about his death and resurrection in Jerusalem. He also began to make his way to Jerusalem for the climactic events that would take place there. As usual, it was Simon Peter who spoke up for the other 11 apostles. And while he got Jesus' identity right, he didn't yet understand what he would do as the Christ, and that's why at the end of our Gospel, the Lord strictly charged the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Uh, The time for that would come after his resurrection from the dead. But on this occasion, Peter got right Jesus' identity. Sometime earlier, after the Lord had walked on the Sea of Galilee to his disciples in the boat and had rescued Peter from drowning, they'd all worshipped him, saying, "'Truly, you are the Son of God.'" Now Peter said even more. He said, "'You are the Christ.'" He was saying, "'You're the anointed King and Saviour of Israel. You're God's chosen one who will rule over the nations, bringing them peace.'" All our hopes for the future will come true in you. But it wasn't Peter as such who'd come to the right conclusion about Jesus' identity. The confession was given to him from above, from the Father in heaven. When you confess and you have from the day of your baptism that Jesus is the Son of God and the Saviour who suffered, died and rose again for you, ascended into heaven and will come in glory at the last day as judge of all. This confession isn't your doing either. You confess the truth about Jesus by the power of God. Now that leaves us with a mystery. Why did Peter believe and not as far as we know Pontius Pilate? Why do you believe in Jesus while your neighbour doesn't? It's a mystery that we can't fathom. Well, instead of getting all tied up in knots, we do well to rejoice that the Father has given us this faith and to pray for those who don't believe. Believe in Jesus and you have his blessing. To Peter, Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. And our Lord went on to say three things about his church, that is, his assembly or his congregation that he would build. Firstly, he said he would build it on rock. But now look at this, he uses people to build it. He gave Simon the name Peter, which means rock. Yet there's a significant distinction between the name Peter, which in Greek is a masculine word, and the rock on which Christ's church, Christ builds his church, which is a feminine word. That rock is the right confession Peter made as an apostle, sent out by one sent out by Jesus. Peter in himself was anything but rock. Whenever he tried to make something of himself, he was always a failure. When, for example, at Jesus' invitation he stepped out boldly on the Sea of Galilee, he became afraid as he paid attention to the wind. He began to sink. It was the Lord who had to come to his rescue. However, when on the day of Pentecost, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the risen Lord Jesus, Peter boldly preached about Jesus' death and resurrection, through that word, Jesus was building his church. We're told that some 3,000 people were baptized that day. The Lord gave the same work of building his church to all his apostles as he gives it to all who have been appointed preachers and teachers of his word. Peter shares with the other apostles the honour of being at the foundations of the church. Ephesians 2 verse 20 says that the members of God's household are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Similarly in Revelation 21 verse 14 It says that the walls of the holy city, the new Jerusalem, Christ's true church, that is, have 12 foundations. On them are the names not just of Peter, but of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The Lutheran confessional writing entitled Power and Primacy of the Pope, written by Luther's colleague Philip Melanchthon, is right when it says, certainly the church has not been built on the authority of a man. Rather, it has been built on the ministry of the confession Peter made in which he proclaims that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Therefore, Christ addresses Peter as a minister on this rock that is this ministry. So the first point is, the rock is the holy ministry that rightly confesses Jesus. That ministry which brings us baptism, the word, the holy supper. Secondly, since Christ, the son of the living God, builds his church on rock. He says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Though hordes of demons pass through those gates to attack Christ's church, they won't succeed. That doesn't mean that his church will continue everywhere in the same way. When people no longer listen to or believe God's word, Christ's church dies in that place. Consider the sparkle creed that has been used also in some so-called Lutheran congregations in the United States. It's thoroughly shaped by modern culture. It begins, I believe, in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. Non-binary means neither male nor female. Now, while, as we know, God the Father is not biologically male, and, Though the Son is in his human nature because he became flesh, he is certainly biologically male, but the Father isn't. Uh, Nevertheless, the name Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is a masculine name. We do right to use the masculine pronoun he or his referring to God. Now, not far, God forbid me from going on with what that creed says about Jesus. Not far removed from that sentiment, though, about the non-binary God is the wording of this blessing recently given to a brother pastor to use. Mothering God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you and lead you into the way of truth and life. To his credit, the pastor concerned changed the wording to May God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, lead you in the way of truth and life. The title, Mothering God, is at best confusing. It suggests that God is our mother. Yet while in a few places in the Bible, God is described as being like a mother, he's never actually called our mother. It's the Jerusalem above that is free, as St. Paul says, who is our mother. And we have similar descriptions of that heavenly Jerusalem in the book of Isaiah. In keeping with this, Martin Luther says in the large catechism, the Spirit has his own congregation in the world, which is the mother that conceives and bears every Christian through God's word. If you want to know what God the Father is like, look at the person and teaching of his Son. The Son shows us exactly what the Father is like. Or just think of the parable of the prodigal son in which Jesus likens the father in that parable to God. The son in the parable, having squandered his inheritance on wild living and starving, came to his senses. He remembered how well off his father's hired servants had been, so he decided to return to his father. He tried to make up for what he'd done, though. He tried to justify himself. Just make me one of your hired servants is what he was going to say to his father. I I won't even live in your house like your slaves do. I'll just be a hired servant. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming and he hitched up his long robes and went running as fast as he could to meet him. Maybe that son wondered if he was going to punch him one. But the father embraced him, kissed him and said, quick, get uh, the best robe and put it on him put a ring on his finger and and shoes on his feet and kill the fattened calf. We'll have a feast and celebrate. He didn't even allow the son to say the bit about, treat me just as one of your hired servants. This son of mine who is dead is alive again. He was lost and is found so that he might welcome back all who turn from sin and come to him The father sent his own dear son who is eternally turned towards his father in love. The son came to our world as a true human being, the Christ, God's anointed one, the king come to deliver his people from the devil, sin and death. By his death that he would suffer because of the poisonous bite of the ancient serpent, he would crush the serpent's head. He'd win the victory over the devil and his hordes who cannot overcome his church. Thirdly, the word of God that is preached and taught opens heaven to all who believe it. It closes heaven to all who reject it. Jesus went on to say to Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, two chapters later, the exact words that follow are spoken again, this time not just to Peter, but to all the disciples. Whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. It's not apostles and pastors who determine what happens in heaven. They're simply God's agents in bringing his powerful word of grace and mercy through Christ to people. Writing for himself and Timothy, St. Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians. Through us, God spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death, to the other, a fragrance from life to life. All who confess the Sparkle Creed don't confess what Peter confessed, they confess what is from death. And leads to death. All who confess the truth, the Apostles' Creed, confess what is from life and gives life. Repent, believe God's good news of the forgiveness of sins, be baptised into Christ, receive with repentance and faith the body and blood of Jesus given in his supper, and you are loosed by him. He builds you on rock together with his whole church. To be sure, Christ's church on this earth suffers many obstacles. She often appears weak and defeated. She consists, after all, of weak, sinful human beings. Yet She's also strong with the strength of Christ, her builder. His church is the entrance to heaven because all who confess Jesus as Peter did receive the forgiveness of sins. The gates of hell and what they disgorge can't overcome you. Tribulation, distress, persecution, nakedness, danger or sword can't separate you from Christ and his love. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Because he lives, we his church, all who confess that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, will live the last day, you'll be raised up from death, body and soul, as he was. He'll then take you as his triumphant church and glorious bride to reign with him in glory forever. Amen. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.